Amen. May the church say amen. They asked me to do the solo, but I just wanted them to have a blessing of doing that solo. Man, praise the Lord. Amen. I couldn't let them stand and, and raise their hands on their own. Uh, I, I had to stand with them. Uh, man, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, we have been walking all year this year through the word faithful. And we have walked through our five core values as a church. Worship, fellowship, evangelism, discipleship, and missions. And we've seen how we are to be faithful in every one of those core values. Faithful in worship. Faithful in fellowship. Faithful in evangelism. Faithful in discipleship. And faithful in missions. And we ought to be non-stop being faithful and, and doing everything we can to be faithful and remain faithful in those areas. But now I want to turn our attention not to us being faithful, but turn our attention to God being faithful and how the Lord is faithful. Do you believe that? you believe the Lord is faithful? How about the rest of you? you believe the Lord is faithful? And so we'll be looking over the next weeks and months to come throughout the scriptures of how God has been faithful. And so if you open the scriptures, you turn your apps on to Psalm 37, we will read verse 28. You'll stand with me as we read the scriptures together. Psalm 37, verse 28. Listen to what the psalmist says. For the Lord loves justice and will not abandon his faithful ones. Other translations may say, for the Lord loves the just. The just is another uh, term for Christian, Christ follower, someone who has repented of their sins and have trusted in Christ. I, uh, I pray that you have done that. You've done so. And so this is talking about you. The Lord loves the just, and he proves his love and will not abandon his faithful ones. Amen. He will not abandon his faithful ones. And then it says, they, the faithful ones, the just, they are kept safe forever. Amen. Can you say that forever? Oh, my goodness. Jesus' name, help us, Lord. They are kept, how? Forever. For how long? Forever. They're kept forever. What a great passage of Scripture. What a great one verse in all 66 books of the Bible. One verse is enough to prove the faithfulness of God in your life as a believer, as a Christian, a follower of Lord Jesus, a disciple of Christ. For the Lord loves you, Christian, how much he will not abandon his faithful ones, and they are kept safe forever. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the scriptures. We're thankful that they have uh, just presented the scriptures through song. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is 
good. Why? Because he does not abandon his faithful ones. That we are kept forever. Lord, thank you for that. And Father, I pray that as a result of your faithfulness, that we would remain faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. All throughout the scriptures, there are thousands upon thousands of testimonies of God's faithfulness. Not just in the scriptures, in Old Testament and New Testament, but in this room alone, just in this service. You had thousands upon thousands of testimonies just in this room of people. Thousands of testimonies of how God has been faithful. Amen? You add in the early service, the 815 service, those in Sunday school, those that are in the nurseries listening online. Thousands upon thousands of testimonies of how God has been faithful. He's been faithful to you. He's been faithful to me. And we want to capture, just as the scriptures have captured God's faithfulness in men, women, boys and girls, we as a church, we want to capture God's faithfulness. And so uh, we have a, a, a media room, I said it right this time, a media room that has been set up in one of the uh, vacant rooms in another building. And what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to capture just a 60-second uh, testimony in your life of when God's been faithful. Now, it may be from a specific moment in life. Maybe, uh, maybe it was when uh, your marriage was just about over, but yet God stepped in and He was faithful in your marriage, and now it's wonderful, and you're loving the Lord in your marriage, and you want to share a 60-second testimony of God's faithfulness in your marriage. It may be a job situation, a financial situation, or it may be just overall, in general, in my life, God has been faithful, and I want to testify to God's faithfulness. So we want to capture those. So here's what I want you to do. We want a lot of them. We want to show them every Sunday. 60 seconds. And so, if you'll email Pastor Matt, Matt at eastofoka.org, it should be your worship guide, his email. If you'll email him, we're going to set up times where we're going to record these 60 second clips, testimonies of God's faithfulness. Now, we don't want two hours of your. Now, we, I, listen, we all could just share for hours upon hours of God's faithfulness. But we want to capture those testimonies. And so if you would email Pastor Matt or if you have any questions about it, come talk with me. We want not just to hear and read about, as we will in the coming months, of the testimonies of God's faithfulness in the Scriptures. But we want to capture and allow the church to see and hear of the testimonies of God's faithfulness of those to your left and to your right, of those in your family and those in your small group. We want to hear of God's faithfulness. God's faithful. Do you believe that? Uh, if you were here last Sunday, you got to take part in our uh, in the sermon. Uh, every time I said the word missions, what did you say? Go and tell. Anytime I said missions in the sermon last week, you said go and tell. You did awesome, by the way. Uh, this week and on social media, I would just put missions and man, a ton of you would respond, go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. That's our definition of missions here. We're that simple. Isn't that amazing? 
We're that simple. Mission, what is missions? It's go and tell. It could be across the street, around the world. It could be uh, your coworker, wherever. But we want to go and tell. I don't want you to be involved in this sermon as well. So you're thinking, no, 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 no. I just came here to listen to you. Like, I'm not here to do anything. I, I, I just came here because somebody asked me to come. Or, listen, I'm just tired and, and school started back. I'm tired. I just want to listen. I don't want you to just listen. I want you to take part, okay? Can you do that? With, okay, I'll call you out if you don't. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Anytime you hear me say, God is faithful, or He is faithful, or the Lord is faithful, man, what do you say? Yes, He is. So if I say God is faithful, you say what? Yes, yes He is. And you might even get a little bit of Pentecostal in you and do this. Yes, he is. <laughs> I don't know why you have to. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Right? I don't know why you shake your head no and say something. Yes. Yes, he is. You might want to do that. That's fine. Hey, God's faithful. Yeah, you don't have to. Some of you are like, I don't should I do that? Or I don't know. I don't know what I want you to take part. Because here's what I know. I don't know a lot in life. Don't admit that. I don't know a lot. But there's two certainties in life. Two. One's a whole lot more important than the other one. But there's two certainties in life. One is gravity. What must, goes up must come down. It's not the coming down part that hurts. It's the sudden stop at the end. Gravity and God. God's a whole lot more important than gravity. But there's one thing I know for certain in life, and that's God. And that the Lord is faithful. Yes, He is. Isn't that true? Amen. If all you hear and all you get out of this whole sermon, out of my hours of preparation, is that you remember any time you hear or see God is faithful, you say, yes, he is. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. In Psalm 37, we read how God is faithful. Yes, he is. We read how the Lord is faithful. I want, to, I want to share with you three observations from this one verse. The first one is this. The Lord remains faithful to those who are His. Yes, He is. The Lord remains faithful to those who are His. When you read the scriptures in Psalm 37, verse 28. Now listen, you, we could go the whole chapter of Psalm 37. When you go on... I know you're just you're just so excited to go on and read the rest of Psalm 37. But if you'll go back and read the beginning of it, there's so many moments of God's faithfulness and how God has been faithful. But it, you're doing good. You're like, don't be scared of it. Just do it. I don't want Baptist. You're nervous. It's okay. Just, yes, he is. That's, don't, don't give me a heart attack, but like, just be involved. That's fine. But just in this one verse. We learn things about the Lord. And this first observation is something that I know for sure. I don't know a lot of certainties in life, but here's what I know. God, listen to me, everybody listen to me. God cannot forsake you. Do you hear me? God cannot forsake you. He cannot forget you. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. He cannot. As much as you think God has, as much as you believe in your heart that God has forsaken you, as much as you believe or the devil has deceived you into thinking that God doesn't love me anymore, 
that because of my sin or because all these things have happened to me that God doesn't love me? No! He cannot forsake you. Amen! He cannot do it. Why? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, listen, because God wanted to show His unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise. You know who that is? That's you. You're the heir to the promises of God. And what did he want to show? He guaranteed it with an oral, so that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. What is this strong encouragement? It is that God cannot tell a lie. And then you read all throughout Scripture, and especially in Psalm 37, verse 28, where he says, He will not abandon His faithful ones. That causes even Baptists to be excited that God cannot lie. He will not abandon me. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? He will not abandon me. Most of us, most of us will begin to think that when something didn't go right or there was a sudden tragedy that we didn't think was fair, Maybe a death or a diagnosis in our life or when God didn't answer our prayer like we wanted him to or we didn't get the healing we asked for for our body or we didn't get the job that we wanted. We go, God, you have forsaken me. God, you have let go of me. You have forgotten me. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. <laughs> Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. God cannot forsake you, dear brother. Dear sister, God cannot, not only He cannot, He will not forsake you. Amen! This is why we have joy in our life. This is why we get up every morning in the mundane, ordinary life that we live, we go to work, we congress, we do all these things. But we have great joy. Why? Because we know no matter what happens today, God will not forsake. He will not abandon me. He will not. I may abandon him. And I may forsake him. And I may forget him. But he will not forget me. He will not abandon me. It reminds me of a parent's relationship with their child or teenager. Many parents in here can relate to this. Say you don't allow them to do something they really want to do. Or you don't buy them exactly what they want you to buy them. Or you don't do something for them, whatever that may be. They act like you don't love them anymore. Right? You know what I'm talking about, parents in the room. You know that. Man, you don't give them what they want, like or however they want and exactly what they want. Or, I want to go here so bad. No. Oh, you don't love me anymore. Oh, you don't love me or you don't care about me or what I want. That's nothing to do with it. Y'all know, parents look at each other like, oh yeah, if your kid will decide you, you'd be elbowing. This is you. And you listen. That's what you sound like. Not like your gargling gravel. My boys, I mean, I'm just on some medicine. Makes my boys go crazy. I don't know. Got some water this time. I didn't have much. Amanda tried to give it to me. And, uh, uh, but I have some water. I probably won't drink any other because I don't like doing that. But you know, you, you know what I'm, you don't talk about parents in the room. You don't do something the way that you, they want you to. You don't give them something, let them go somewhere. All of a sudden, boy, they just, you don't love me anymore. And, you know, you get that, oh. <laughs> All the parents say what? Amen. 
Shaking it, amen. You just don't love me anymore. The problem is they forget all the thousands of times you did buy them something they wanted. They, amen. They forgot the thousands of times you did allow them to go somewhere they wanted to go. They forgot the thousands of times you did do something for them. And we tend to do this with other folks, with co-workers and family members, a boss, a friend, whatever the case may be. Here's what I've learned in life. Most people only remember what you've done wrong to them. They only remember what you have done wrong to them. They don't remember all the good things that you've done for them. They don't remember all the great things you've shared with them, helped them with, done for them. They don't remember that. We do the same thing with God. We can't blame them because we're the same way when it comes to our Heavenly Father. We do it with Him when He doesn't answer our prayers like we want or allows tragedies in our lives or we feel as though He doesn't love us or that He has forsaken us. No! This is not the case. And it's not just one or two people in the room. It's every one of us in the room. You've done this. Amen? I've done this. We're all guilty of this. But God doesn't do something exactly the way we thought he ought to do it or answer whatever or heal this, heal that, get that job, don't get that job, lost that child, marriage, whatever the case may be. That we all of a sudden think that God has forsaken us. No. Listen, God cannot forsake you. He cannot. He will not forsake you. God cannot do wrong. You hear me? God cannot do wrong. God can only do right. But your right may not be God's right. Your right has sometimes turned out to be wrong, hasn't it? Hasn't it? In your life, what you thought was right, sometimes it has turned out to be wrong. But God's right has always been right. It's always been right. God has never been wrong. He will never be wrong. He has not forsaken you. Your friends will forsake you. Your family will forsake you. Your team will forsake you. People will forsake you. Jobs will forsake you. Employers and employees will forsake you. But God will not. Why? Because God is faithful. Yes, He is. He's faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful. You gotta answer each other. Yes, you gotta answer each other. I got I confused you a little bit. Look to your neighbor and say, God is faithful. Everybody didn't do it. Yeah. God will not forsake you. He cannot do that. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon says. He who listen, listen. Man, people need to know this. You need to know this. And you may be thinking, ah, it's fine, I know that. Tomorrow, life may happen for you. You're, you're going to need to be reminded that God is faithful. Yes, He is. This is what Charles Spurgeon said. He who counts the stars and calls them by their names is in no danger of forgetting his own children. Amen. Emphatic. Yes. Amen. He who counts the stars and calls them by their names is in no danger of forgetting his own children. He will not forsake you. He cannot forsake you. The Bible says so. How do you know that, Richard? The Bible says he will not abandon his faithful ones. They are kept safe forever. Observation number two. 
That's just number one. Number two, we remain faithful because of what God has already done, not what God is going to do. Let me explain this. We remain faithful because of what God has already done, not because of what God is going to do or what He may do. When I think about the Old Testament writers and readers and heroes, you think about the, the, just the, the day and time in which they lived, our technology is better, our way of doing life, doing things is much easier, it's faster. Their technology was simple, mechanical. The only stresses they had really were food, shelter, and community. Most of us don't even worry about those things. But many of them remain faithful. With our technology, we have the world at our fingertips. Great knowledge with just a click of a button. So what can we learn from the Old Testament writers? What can we learn from the Old Testament characters? What can we learn from Jonah, Daniel, David, Abraham, Jacob? What can we learn from them? Our way of life is so much better than them. We can do things better. We can do things faster. We have more. We've seen more. We witness more. We're uh, after Christ, so we've seen the works of Christ. We've seen what He has done. We know what He's done. What can they teach us? Here's what they teach us: the writers and the, the characters in the Old Testament. They teach us faithfulness. And they teach us what it means and what it looks like to be faithful. And not only that, but we learn the results of faithfulness. The Old Testament characters didn't have the great pleasure of seeing the hands and feet of Christ and all the miracles performed. They didn't get to see the blind man see. They didn't get to see the lame man walk again. They didn't get to see Lazarus who was dead in the grave come out walking again. They didn't get to see any of that. But yet they remained faithful. They were faithful. Why? Because their faith was not based on what they had seen or heard. Their faith was based on who God is. Their faith was based not on what they have seen or heard or what God may do in the future. Their faith was based on in, in, uh, having faith in the coming Messiah. How often do we lose faith after something doesn't happen the way it should? This means that our faith is based off of our wants and likes rather than who God is. And we're all guilty of it. Their faith and faithfulness to God was based on what God had already done in their lives. God had been faithful to them and God would remain faithful to them. They knew what He said and they trusted in His words. They knew what He said. If God said we're going to the promised land, guess where we're going? We're going to the promised land. If God said my descendants will cover the entire earth like sand, guess what? That's what's going to happen. Did they have moments of disbelief? Yes, they did. But in the end, ultimately, they were faithful to the Lord. They were faithful to God. Because they knew Him. They knew what He said and they trusted in His words. See, we often trust in His actions. We often trust in His actions rather than trusting in His words. Here's what I mean by that. All too often, you and I, our level of faith depends solely on what God's going to do. God, if you'll heal me of this, I'll have faith. God, if you'll provide this financial need for me, oh, then I'll be faithful to you. That's not, that's not the way it goes. That's not what we learn from the Old Testament character. They were all perfect. 
But we learn faithfulness no matter what. We don't have faith in God. We're not faithful to Him because of what He's going to do. We're faithful because this is what He's already done for us. Of what He's already done in our lives. One brings a whole lot of heartache and wavering faith. The other one brings great joy and peace and an unwavering faith. Which one do you have? Is your faith and your level of faithfulness to God based on what God can do and might do? Or is your faith the level of faith that you have, is it stern, is it strong and faithful because, not because of what God can do in my prayer request, but because of what God has done for me? Old Testament characters, they trust in the Lord, they trust in His Word. Do you? Do I, do we as a church, trust the words of the Lord? Do we trust that Yes, he will not abandon his faithful ones. Yes, we are kept safe forever. I will be faithful only because of that. Simply because of that. Not because he'll provide for me tomorrow, protect me tomorrow, do all these great things for me, answer my prayers as, as I pray them. I want to remain faithful. Not because of his actions, but because of who he is. I want to remain faithful. Not because of what he will do, but because God is faithful. Yes, he is. And he'll remain faithful. Yeah. Some of you got confused. You want to say, yes, he will. Did you? Grammatically correct. Yes, he will. He will remain faithful. The root word of faithfulness, faithful is faith. What kind of faith do you have? Is your faith based on what God might do for you or can do for you? Or is it based on what he's already done for you? Listen, I don't get, I don't get up in the morning and have joy in my life because I think... God may do some great things for me today. And if he don't, I'm going to go to bed at night with less faith than I did when I got up. No. I wake up in the morning and I say, God, you have protected me. You have provided for me. You have saved me. You have redeemed me. You have pulled me out of the miry clay. You have got me out of the darkness and sent me in marvelous light. But I will be faithful today. I'll be faithful today, Lord. Because you are. You're faithful. You have been faithful, and you will be faithful. This is why we have lifelong members of the Spoke of Baptist Church. They're faithful because they have faith in the Lord, not in what God may or may not do, but in what God has already done in their lives. There are countless thousands of testimonies of lifelong members of this church, and the reason why they have never quit on God or the church is because they know who God is and what He's done for them. I have countless people tell me all the time, Mike, I could never walk away from him. I, I just, I can't do it. And, and you know, sometimes I, in my life, I think about that kind of stuff like, my prayers aren't answered like they should be, or that didn't turn out, and they're like, like they should have. And, and I'm thinking, where are you? Like, what, what's going on? Then I hear those wonderful testimonies. And I'm reminded, my faith is not built on what God can do. It's built on what God has done. And if God will stop blessing me today, that's enough for me. That's enough for me to continue to be faithful to Him. By show of hands, who in this room, God's been faithful to you. He's been faithful to you. Keep your hands up all around the room. Hands are up all over the room. If God doesn't answer your prayers today, are you going to lose faith in Him? No. Why? Because God's been faithful to you. And you trust in the Scriptures. You trust in His Word. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, God is faithful. And so will I. There you go. Say, God is faithful. And so will I. I pray that God, as God is faithful, yes, He is, 
that you too will be faithful. <clears throat> Observation number three. No matter what happens in my life, God will hold me fast. No matter what happens, God will hold me fast. Now, let me explain this statement. No matter what happens in my life, He will hold me fast. I know in this room and in early service, I know today, tomorrow, a lot of things are going to happen in your life. And here's what I know about any of those situations. They could be uh, a sudden death in a family, a family or a friend, whatever. It could be a loss of a job or, or, or relationship or something like that. It could be uh, a financial strain or financial need, something like that. You you fill in the blank, whatever the case may be. I know any of that can happen tomorrow. And in any of those situations, here's what I know. The Lord Jesus will hold you fast. He will hold you. He will walk with you and guide you. So, preacher, how do you know that? Because the Bible says so. When the psalmist says they are kept safe forever, he will hold me fast. So whatever happens in your life, whether it be a diagnosis in your life that what good, whether it be uh, some news that you get that's not very good, whether it be what you think might be something minor, but if it's important to you, it's important to the Lord, and, and, and it's, it's worrying you, it's worrisome to you, here's what I know. No matter what happens in life, God will hold you fast. I love uh, when Paul writes in 2 Timothy. He says, if we are faithless, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. If we are faithless, he, God, remains faithful. By show of hands. We're faithful, right? By show of hands. Do with you. We'll just say the last month. The last month, does that describe you? You were faithless in, in whatever situation. I show of hands. It doesn't mean you didn't love the Lord or didn't trust that He's real. It just means in that moment, your faith was just dwindled down to not much and you struggled. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? If not, it will happen. But here's what you need to know. In your Slight moment of faithlessness. That's a word. I think it is. Faithlessness. In that moment, God will remain faithful. Amen? It's our battle cry. It's all that we have as Christians. It's all that we have as believers, as the church. That no matter what, God will be faithful. He'll be faithful. It doesn't matter what happens. I know many in this room, man, life's been tough for you. You've made some decisions that weren't good. You have done things and things have happened and you need to be reminded today. And you think God's forsaken you or abandoned you. I'm here, listen, I'm, here, I'm telling you, and I believe it with all of my heart, He has not. He has not. He will not. He cannot. Because it says they are kept safe forever. It doesn't mean they're kept safe from trials of life. You and I are not immune to uh, travesties and hardships. Matter of fact, Jesus said it himself. God in the flesh said it himself. You will have what? Trouble. You will have trouble. And then he follows it with what? 
have hope. I've overcome the world. None of that matters. Because I've overcome the world. And because I've overcome death in the world, you are kept safe forever. It doesn't mean we won't go through hardships. You will. But what it means is no matter what, no matter what, you will be kept safe for all eternity. For all eternity, you will, you will be kept safe. I love the song we sing, He Will Hold Me Fast. Obviously, I'll put it in the observation. It starts off, when I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When I fear my faith will fail. Anybody in the room, your faith has failed every now and then? You find it failing some? Listen, know this. When you fear that your faith has failed, Christ will hold you fast. The basis of your faith is not dependent upon whether you feel saved or not. It is based upon Christ, the solid rock on which I stand. The feeling and this, this emotion of whether I'm saved or I have good faith or not is not based on your decisions or what you've done in your life. It's based solely on the fact that He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. Whether I have little or whether I have much, Christ will hold me fast. Whether I have a little bit of faith or whether I have a whole lot of faith, Christ will hold me fast. Whether or not you look at your family and it's in turmoil, whether or not you look at your job situation and it's not well, whether or not you look at your finances and you're struggling, Christ will hold me fast. He goes on, I could never keep a hold on life's fearful path. Too often in our life, we give so much effort to hold on to the Lord, to hold on to Him. Nowhere in the scriptures are we taught to do that. We, you are not holding on to God. He is holding on to you. So stop trying to hold on to him. He's not going to leave you. Many people in this room, you think if I just let go of God, he's going to run from me. No, no. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Just abide in me. That's all you got to do. Just abide. Just be there. You don't have to hold on. You don't have to grasp on the Lord and hold on for dear life as the winds and the waves crash around you. This is what most people's Christian life looks like. And what happens? You get tired of it. You get tired of it. You get weary and worn out. And what do people do? They just go, oh, I'm done. I'm done. You do not have enough strength or power to hold on to him. And God knows that. He is holding on to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's holding on to you. I am the mind, you're the branch. Just be there. Just abide in Christ. The song goes on, for my love is often cold. He will hold me fast. Anybody been there? Your love is cold for the Lord. Anybody else? I, I have. 
Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm the shepherd here. I, all these are me. I deal with these. I'm trying to be transparent. Often my, my love for the Lord sometimes grows cold. I don't know why that is. I think it's just because I depend on my own strength and my own understanding. I think that's what gets me. He goes, oh, he will hold me fast for my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. You are the delight of God. You delight him. He delights in you, the scriptures say. God looked at his son Christ and said, This is my son whom I am well pleased. You delight him. He loves you. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. Listen, he'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. He'll not let my soul be lost. Praise God for that. Amen? You know what that means? That means when God saves you, not when you made the best decision of your life. I know what people mean when they say that, but it wasn't a decision. God saved you. I understand when there's a surrender. I, I, I get all that. When God saves you, listen, you are saved. When God saves you, you are saved. Most people go throughout their life as if they're fishing. They have hooked a fish and pray, 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 then I come off the hook. When God catches you, when God saves you, listen, you're saved. You're His. You are engraved on His hand. You belong to Him. And because of that, He'll not let your soul be lost. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be I'm saved, devil. I'm saved. I'm his. I'm not yours. I'm his. He saved me. And he'll keep me safe forever. He'll not let my soul be lost. You know what that means? It doesn't matter what you do today, tomorrow, yesterday, or next week. There is nothing you can do now to go to hell. Yes! Amen! Aren't you thankful for that? Does that mean we go live our life like we want to? No. We go live a godly life. Produce good fruit. But praise the Lord when we do mess up. The grace of God pours over us. He'll not let my soul be lost. Dear brother, dear sister, you have made decisions in your life that have separated you from God. And you are wondering, am I saved? He'll not let your soul be lost. You didn't save yourself. You cannot lose yourself. You don't even have yourself. God has you. Abide, rest in Him. Bought by him to such a cost. That's why he won't lose you. He bought you. And you are precious in his sight. You are valuable to him. Value is determined by the price which is paid for it. This shirt is probably not very valuable. We didn't pay much for it. You were bought with a high price. Christ died on the cross for you. You know what that means? You are valuable to Him. Oh, by 
him is such a cause for my life. He bled and died. Justice has been satisfied. Raised with him to endless life till our faith is turned to silent evil. Church, God is faithful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Not only is he faithful, he will be faithful. He's going to be faithful. You may be in the room, you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, and life's been hard for you. I've talked to many of you. You need to be reminded that God's faithful in your life. He will be, no matter what. You say, well, is God going to be faithful when I don't trust in Him sometimes when my love is cold? Yes. You don't worry about Him. There's one sure thing in this life, and that is God's faithful. He will be faithful. Amen? Yes, He is. Yes, he will be. Yes, he's going to be. However you want to say it. He's faithful. Are you? Maybe you're a believer in the room and you need to be reminded and you're thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Maybe just a moment when we have an invitation when we come to pray, say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for being faithful to me. Lord, remember that time when I, I had no faith. My faith was cold. You remember that two years, that five years, that 20 years? You remember that week where I was faithless? God, thank you for remaining faithful to me. Or maybe you're a person in the room. And you don't even know what faith is. And you need the Lord Jesus in your life. Your soul is lost. You want to turn your life to Him that word repent means to turn, turning from your sin and your way of doing life. And what has it brought you? What has your way of doing life brought you? Probably a lot of pain, heartache, nowhere to turn. The Bible says if you'll repent. See, we trust in the scriptures, don't we? We trust that it says he'll be faithful. We trust where it says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. I believe it. I believe it. And so if you'll do that today, you will be saved. I pray God's calling you to salvation. I pray God's calling you to repentance, convictions. I pray God is calling you to come and pray and repent of your sins, trusting in Him. I pray God's calling you to that. Listen, God loves you. And there is nothing you can do about it. Nothing. He loved you so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins. So that you can join the rest of us in Psalm 37 and 28, and that you will be one that God will not make. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you, Lord, for guiding us. Lord, there are people in this room that, Lord, for whatever reason, they've lost faith. They, their faith is coded. Lord, I can't look at them. I have to look at myself. And sometimes I'm the same way. I try to cover it up with a fun attitude and a smile. Or sometimes my faith grows cold too. But Lord, thank you for reminding me that you're faithful. Thank you for reminding me that in those times that I was faithless, you were faithful. Lord, thank you for the scriptures that teach us that you will not abandon us. You will not forsake us. Thank you, Lord, for that. And God, there's people all across this room that need to know that. Listen, if that's you, 
You're a Christian. You know that. You, you trust that you're a believer, follower of Christ. You're a disciple of Jesus. But maybe you've gone through a period of time where, I don't know, maybe your faith has just wavered. <laughs> you're not alone. I know that. You're not alone. <clears throat> I invite you to come and pray, every one of you. Say, Lord, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful. Lord, when I doubted you in that situation, God, you were faithful. Lord, when I doubted when my dad or mom or loved one was diagnosed with cancer, Lord, you brought them through, you were faithful. Lord, when I didn't know how we would pay this bill or that bill or put food on the table, God, you were faithful. Maybe the Lord's calling us to just come and pray and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I've not been perfect, but you have. Maybe you're someone in the room, you need the Lord Jesus. I'll be in front of Pastor Man. The scriptures are true, by the way. That if you'll trust in the Lord, believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you repent of your sins and turn to Jesus, you'll be saved. You'll do that wherever you are. Say, Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, come into my life. Lord, transform my heart and my mind. Lord, I need you. But I will say as if you'll do that, sincerity of your heart, God will save you. And I pray that he has right now. And then in a moment, you'll come and let us rejoice. The Bible says if one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. And listen, we want to join in. Would you come and pray all across this room? Come and pray. Lord, have your way. Lord, if you're calling us to make a decision, I pray we'll do that. Whatever the case is, whatever it is, now help us to surrender all to Jesus in his name. Amen.